this morning, I, I, we want to start a series called Family Matters. Family Matters. Families do matter. And there's different types of families. You know, right, the word, you know we're a family, right? By just being here and being in the family of God, we are family. And I want to talk to you about family matters, about the, the church of the living God. I'm not talking about the, just the Lone Star Cowboy Church. I'm talking about the family of God. And there's a lot of great churches having church this morning. And uh, we, we are, we're part of that family, and we're honored to do that. You have your own family that you uh, have uh, a marriage, and you have children, and, and uh, a lot of our children are, are worshiping this morning and have ministry going on in, in our family, catch that, family life center. Because family matters, we call it the Family Life Center, and uh, a lot of great things are happening. Even here at the Lone Star Cowboy Church, God's doing some amazing things. How many knows that our community is growing? You would have to be blind and uh, not even have any senses to know that this community is blowing up. And... We need to grow the church of the living God as fast or faster than the community is growing. And some of the people said, (laughs) but it's true. What that looks like, only God knows. Everybody say, God knows. I don't always know everything. I know some people think, well, you're the preacher, and God, he just got this, uh, he sends you little lightning bolts with notes on them, and, and you read the note, and then you do what God says. Let me tell you something, it's not that easy. We all must spend time with God and seek the face of God and, and, and find out what God's heart is for our community. We know that God is not willing that any should perish. We know that. But that all, it says, that all God's will for our community is that all would come to a place of repentance. And accept Christ as their personal Savior. Everybody say family matters. So today I want to talk to you about two types of sacrifices. In any relationship, and I do mean any relationship, there will always be sacrifices made. I want to read to you in Romans chapter 12, if you have your Bibles this morning, or your phones, whatever. We're not legalistic around here. You can actually read your Bible on your phone. (laughs) Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, that's family talk, you with me? in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. To offer your body or yourself as a living sacrifice, holy, which means to be set apart for a purpose, right? 
So we present our bodies holy and then it says pleasing to God. We know what pleases God. When we know God and we know God's word, we know what pleases God. Amen. So it says this is your true and proper worship. And in another uh, version it says this is your reasonable service. God's not going to ask you to do things that he deems unreasonable. Now, I'm not saying that you might deem it unreasonable, but I'm saying that God, from his perspective, will never ask you to do something that he deems unreasonable. And our thoughts must come to a place of alignment with his. That's why we have to get up every morning, or no, excuse me, we get to get up every morning and spend time with God and find out what his will is for us for that day. So we can have our hearts transformed by the renewing of our mind. So it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Ooh. Mm, from God's perspective, we're, we're not talking about our perspective right now, okay? We're talking, and it says, don't be transformed, conformed to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. The way, the way we think always determines our future. The way we think always determines our destination. And the way we think always determines our success or our failure. So when we are conformed by the way we think, by the renewing, and that's a process of, of, of spending time with God, the continual, perpetual renewing of our mind. <clears throat> it's not like you walk down the aisle and ask Jesus in your heart, and then you got your mind renewed and you go out there and you're like, I just don't feel like the presence of God anymore. Well, we got to renew our mind. <sighs> he says, then, everybody say then. then. You will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good. Everybody knows his will is good. Amen. His will is good and pleasing and perfect will. Everybody, growing up, I think a lot of people, they talk about God's permissive will. And I think sometimes we would rather go with God's permissive will than his perfect will. Because if it's his permissive will, we can put our two cents in. How's that working out for you? So it says, for by grace given me, I say to every one of you, talking about humble service in the body of Christ, we're still talking about sacrifices. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. Families make sacrifices daily for each other. Here in the family of God and with people, sacrifices are made. In every relationship in life, one person or the other has made a sacrifice for the purpose 
of the relationship. So we find that, I heard somebody say, I don't even know who said it, but it said, he said, if anything is worth something, sacrifice is nothing. If it's worth something, I like to rope. So I make sacrifices so I can rope. A few couple of weeks ago, you remember when it was real cold? It was on a Thursday, and it was in the 30s. And my friend, uh, he called me, and he said, called me that morning, he said, you want a rope? I said, yeah. So we go. I get, I'm getting all my clothes on, a lot of clothes. And Darla's like, are you going to rope today? I said, yep. It's cold outside. It's really cold. It's not just kind of, it's really cold. And you know what I told her? I said, while all the other team ropers are sitting by the fire, I'm going to go get better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was because it was cold. <clears throat> it's a sacrifice. If you love something, y'all come on with me now. If you like something enough that you love it enough, you're going to be willing to make unreasonable sacrifices so that you can do it. And what the key factor in it, y'all stay with me, the key factor is love. You know why you got up an hour earlier this morning? Because you're like, you're like, man, it's an hour earlier. And some of them didn't. They're going to be in the next service. <laughs> So I'll leave this part out in the next service. I better move on. If anything is worth something, please remember this. You might want to write this down on your phone. If anything is worth something, sacrifice is nothing. Talk to Jesus about that. Revelation chapter 21 Verse 1, the last book in the Bible, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away. In other words, this earth like we know it will not survive. And if we can be caught up in, oh boy, saving the planet. Where do you think that came from? You don't have, we don't have the power to save the planet. Amen. We really don't. This is way above our pay grade. It's above our power. I mean, we have to be good stewards of the planet. I'm not saying don't be a good steward. I'm saying we need to be good stewards of the blessing God's given us. But we don't have the power to save the planet because God eventually is going to destroy the heavens and the earth as we know it. Do you know why he can do that? He's God and he made it. Yeah, it's like I told my kids one time, they're messing up us out. Brought you into this world and I'll take you out. I didn't mean that, but. <laughs> the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city. The new 
Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. <laughs> there will be no more death. That's going to be the old stuff. The, the tears from our eyes, it's going to be the old, it's going to be gone. There will be no more death because death is going to be over. <clears throat> no more mourning. It's the old stuff. No more pain. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. No more pain for the old order. The old order. I'm hoping somebody's with me. The old order of things has passed away. I'm going to tell you something. We, as God's people, need to be willing to embrace change. Because it's not going to stay the same. I think in, the, in, our, in our world, the only, seems like the only people that really like change is a wet baby. And sometimes they're not all excited about it. We get to the point where like, we hear people, you know, like, uh, well, we just never done it that way, Pastor. I, it's just, I don't know if we can, uh, talking about family matters. You ever have a come to Jesus meeting with your family? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, I want to have a come to Jesus meeting with you. And this is, this is in my heart, and I'm not sure exactly where all this is going to wind up, but I'm going to tell you something. Things aren't going to stay the same around the Lone Star Cowboy Church. They're not going to stay the same. We can't get hung up, so hung up in the past that we don't embrace the future that God has for us. And I'm going to tell you something. It may not look the way you want it to look, but we want it to look the way God wants it to look. And we got to be ready for it. And it's, in, it's interesting, the ones that are clapping are the ones that are the, uh, like, the guys that jump out of airplanes and parachutes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, let's do some changes. And then, and then there's, there's others, there's, there's a, they're, they're, they're like a, 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 trying to teach a donkey to lead. <laughs> Am I right? But it happens, and, and even in our, in our marriages and, and in our families, there's change, and sometimes there's, I got to keep moving up, I get to talking. So the old order of things, he who was seated on the throne said, listen to this, I am making everything new. You know why, listen, you know why he can make everything new and he will make everything new? Because he has the authority to make everything new. Yeah. Well, I just don't know about that, God. I just don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Who, who are we to tell God he don't know what he's doing? Because right. we don't have authority. 
That's the problem. We try to take authority in places we don't have it. Back in 1912, the Ford Motor Company had a production manager named William Knudsen, considered one of the best in his field. He became, that the, he became convinced that the Model T, which had been in production for over four years now, had to be updated. But the only problem was Henry Ford, the maker of the Ford, loved his creation so much that it was well known that he opposed changing anything about the car. According to Robert Lacey in his best-selling biography of Ford, The Man and the Machine, Knudsen thought to convince Ford by building an updated and impressive model to show that, he could, that it could be done with a few changes, colors, and designs. Well, Ford had just returned from his European vacation, and he went to the Highland Park, Michigan garage and saw the new design that was created by Knudsen. And on the scene, mechanics later revealed how Ford responded. They say that the car was a four-door, the top was down, painted gleaming red, built on new, low-slung version, a low-rider, I suppose, <laughs> Model T. One eyewitness tells how Ford had his hands in his pockets and he walked around the car three or four times. Finally, he got to the left-hand side of the door and he takes his hand out. He gets a hold of the door and just rips the door off. He ripped the door right off and, and how he did it, he said he didn't know, but he jumped in there and kicked the other door off. And then he kicked the windshield out and he jumps over the back seat and starts pounding on the top. He rips the top with his heel of his shoe and he, wrecks, and he just wrecked the car as much as he could. Knudsen left Ford for General Motors. That's such a surprise. Well, Henry Ford nursed along the Model T, but design changes in competitors' models made it more old-fashioned than he would admit. Competitive necessity finally backed him into making the Model A, but his heart was never in it. Henry Ford was one of the most brilliant, creative men of his age. We know that now. And yet Henry Ford, one of the greatest minds of his days, resisted obvious need for change. So what is it? Most people don't like change in their life any more than Henry Ford did. Really, it's sad to say, but churches are pretty notorious for resisting change. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because a lot of people come to this church that don't appreciate change, but then they try to make this church like the one they came from. It's kind of like the people moving from California to Texas. They don't like it in California, but they come to Texas and then they try to make Texas like California. We, we can be frustrating people, can we not? But I think the, if we're not careful, I'm, I'm, I'm still on sacrifice. Y'all stay with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind this. I'm going to bring all this thing together here in a minute. But if we're not careful, our frustrations will rule us over what God's plan is for our lives. And God's plan, 
will always bring peace to us. If our world needs anything today, our world needs peace. If we as individuals need anything, we need the peace of God. Someone once said, when it comes to changing the church, it's often like the snail riding on the back of a turtle. Right, a snail riding on the back of a turtle. And do you know what a snail does when he rides on the back of a turtle? He goes, wee! <laughs> he's all about it. You know why he's all about it? He don't know any better. He ain't never been on a racehorse. The world as we know it continues to change, it continues to evolve, and it continues to grow. We are living in one of the most exciting ages in history. Knowledge increases. Uh, they say about every 24 months doubles the knowledge that, that our world has. And we just continue to eat up this, this knowledge. And, and the Bible says that the, the, the gospel will be preached to everyone. In Matthew 24, it says, when the gospel is preached to everyone, he said, then the end will come. And a few years back, it occurred to me that the way that the world is going to to have the gospel preached to them is through the internet. And you think about it, we go to these third world countries and even little kids in third world countries that they don't have hardly anything at all, but they have a cell phone. And the gospel is being preached almost to all nations today as we speak. And I'm going to tell you something, God has ordained this church to be a part of reaching the entire world for the kingdom of God. We are going to do our part, whatever that looks like. We're going to put this word out. And we, even today, we have amazing people really all over the world, in different places, not in every country, but a lot of different countries and a lot of places right here in America. And I, I went to a roping last weekend in Fort Worth, and I ran into a lot of people, and they're probably watching this morning. <laughs> but they said, we watch you every week online, and, and that Lone Star Cowboy Church is our church home. So I want to say to us here, it's not just about us four and no more. There's a whole world out there, and I just want <clears throat> everybody here to embrace this thinking that we need to reach the entire, as many people as we can possibly reach for the kingdom of God. And when we begin to make sacrifice, sacrifices for that, then the world will be reached. And the more willing we're, able, more we're willing to step out and make a difference, the more people will come into the kingdom of God because we were willing to make sacrifices for that. I want to say again that 
in every relationship in life, one person or the other has made a sacrifice for the purpose of that relationship. Think about your relationship with your spouse or your friends or your, uh, your children, your grandchildren. In every relationship, sacrifices are made in order for that relationship to exist. Even in our relationship with our animals, like this morning, I had to get up and feed my horses before I came to church. How many had to feed your horses, you fed your dog? How many fed a pet this morning before you come to church? Yeah. And you had to have a job so you could get money, so you could pay the, the vet bill, so you could pay the feed bill, because you're willing to make sacrifices so your pet can eat. It's a relationship. And even in animals, your horse, your dog, your relationship, where respect is observed. And I'm not talking about cats, though. <laughs> not much respect there. I'm sorry, you cat owners. I just, every once in a while, I got to... Oh, goodness, now we're going to play music. <laughs> so I would just want... <laughs> I want to submit to you. I got to keep moving. That there's two types of sacrifices. Sacrifices that are made willingly and sacrifices that are forced. Stay in that mindset with me. Sacrifices that are made willingly and sacrifices that are forced. A forced sacrifice is a direct consequence of failure to make a willing sacrifice. For example, when we drive our cars, we willingly sacrifice our time by driving the speed limit. Go along with me here. I mean, this is theoretically speaking. <laughs> because we understand if we are not willing to sacrifice our time by driving the speed limit, we will be required to make a forced sacrifice by paying the speeding ticket. That's a forced sacrifice. Not all willing sacrifices are healthy. Case in point, when we have addictions in our lives, we willingly participate in things that we can become addicted to. And when that becomes a... When, that, when the addiction begins to run us instead of us running it, that's the definition of addiction. Like, like a lot of cowboys dip. And uh, they're, they're like, man, I, I need to quit. But the addiction runs you. And when the addiction runs you, then it is, it becomes a forced sacrifice. What do I mean by that? I mean by that is that the addiction forces you to make a sacrifice. It's not willing, it's a forced sacrifice. And the addiction owns you, God. There, there's a part of you that the addiction has a hold of. That's the reason God doesn't want us to be addicted to anything but Him. Stay with me. Oh. Uh. The result of 
forced sacrifices. You can become addicted to tobacco, alcohol, drugs, porn, or even overworking. But the forced sacrifice will be can be a failed marriage. It can be it can mess up your relationship with your children, and and it's it, I don't have time to go into it. But I'm telling you, uh, this is really worth thinking through. Our prisons are full of people who have been forced to sacrifice because they are not willing to sacrifice freely. They thought that they could get by with something and they didn't get by with it and then they're forced to go to prison. By the way, that's what sin does to us. Y'all come on with me. You know sin will get a hold of you and it'll it'll take you further than you want to go and make you pay more than you really want to pay and it'll rob you of the things that you love the most if we're not careful that forced sacrifice will take a hold and all of a sudden you'll be forced to lose your family your friends and if we're not careful it'll mess up our relationship with God so the forced sacrifice always seems to be greater listen to me than the willing sacrifice You can make the willing sacrifice ahead of time, but either way, you're going to sacrifice. Either way, you're going to make a sacrifice. And the forced sacrifice will always be greater than the willing sacrifice. The willing sacrifice is that you do something because you love to do it, because you love him. Greater love hath no man than this, than he Make a sacrifice for those who he loves. Why would Jesus go to the cross? He loved us. Ultimately, so when we refuse to make the willing sacrifice for the sake of the relationship with God, the consequences of the fourth sacrifice is far greater than you and I could ever Imagine, ultimately, the forced sacrifice is spending eternity separated from God in hell that was prepared for the devil and his angels. If we don't make a willing sacrifice to God, the result is completely clear. The willing sacrifice. A humble man, I'm talking about change. A humble man will always submit to an all-powerful God that created us and knows our every thought. However, pride will inevitably demand a forced sacrifice. You know why God, the greatest sin to God really is pride. Pride says, I got this and I can do whatever I want. But what happens is that will bring a forced sacrifice on our part because we didn't adhere to the willing sacrifice. We weren't willing to make sacrifices for the kingdom of God. Pride is the ultimate enemy of a willing sacrifice because pride deceives us into thinking we really don't need to sacrifice anything. Many, we got, we got a great group of people here that make a lot of sacrifices out in the parking lot. Great group of people over in our, in our children's ministry area. And, and we've got a short video. I kind of ran past it, but if we, I could get our team to put up that short video, I'd like to play that just before. Hey I guys, close. Pastor Amber here with the Next Gen Ministry here at Lone Star Cowboy Church. I want to tell you something that you may not realize, 
Do you know that we do not offer childcare? However, we do offer children's ministry every time the adult ministry is happening. We would love for you to come and see what we're talking about. Everything from check-in to infants to toddlers to first through fifth grade. We've got kids who are learning about Jesus every week and we need people like you to help make that happen. There are opportunities everywhere from check-in, infant, toddlers, all the way up to those first through fifth graders. If you're thinking, hey, I can't commit every Sunday, what about once a month? What about coming in just for yourself to see what we have going on? My favorite part is that you get to learn different things about God and the books of the Bible. I want to invite you to come and see ministry firsthand. Everything from worship to interactive prayer to our puppet ministry to coloring to kids encountering God in a way that will change their life, change eternity, and be the future of this country. Come check us out and be part of us building a generation that changes the world. Come pray with me. Come teach me about Jesus. You gotta love that. So why do we do that? We need about 20 more volunteers over there. That's a lot. So we got a boatload of kids because you all keep having them. You say, well, I don't know. I don't feel real comfortable around kids. Well, I don't feel comfortable preaching every morning, but that don't keep me from preaching. I just want to challenge you to get out of your comfort zone. So here's what Jesus said. He said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. When Jesus gave his life, it was a willing sacrifice. It wasn't a forced sacrifice. I could get up here and I could put you all on guilt trips and go, And some of y'all would respond out of guilt. But what I realized is that when people respond out of guilt, it, it doesn't last very long. But when they, res when they respond out of love, love for God, and things change in the church. And we begin to see a need in a community. We begin to see a need all over the world. And then we begin to say, you know, it's not really about me at all. It's about me making room for other people. That's why we have our people from Digging Deep in the fellowship hall this morning. Because if there was people here and there wasn't enough seats, they were willing to give up their seats so that people that don't come hardly ever could have a seat. And you guys, when a, when when you when a lady walks into your into the living room and all the seats are taken, what do the men do? We get up and give them the seat, right? We know that down here in the south, we're, we're, we're cowboys. So I think this is this is new thinking. We are all in the ministry. Can I get an amen from everybody? We're, we're all in the ministry. So I think what we should do is if we, see some, if we see people that have come in late and they're standing in the back and you've got 10 or 12, 15 people back there, 
I can just see a few people here and there just walk on out and go over, get in the fellowship hall and say, hey, you can have my seat. That's ministry. That's saying, I value you being here and I'm so glad that you're here and, and I like you. Jesus said, I willingly lay it down. So the sacrifice becomes real and we are participating and being the hands and the feet of Jesus, maybe we do have to endure some pain. We sacrifice things like on a weekday so we can go to a Bible study or we sacrifice our time here or sacrifice our time somewhere else so we can spend time with in our marriage or on me and Dara. We need to go out on a date. We haven't date, had a date in a while. I'm getting convicted right now. But it's a willing sacrifice. Why? Because I love Darla. She's my best friend. Why would I not want to go out on a date with her? So it's the same with us. And I just want to challenge you today. Go home and start thinking about the willing sacrifice that God wants you to make for the kingdom. I'm out of time. You all know that. But I've, I've been, I'll give you uh a little insight into my heart. I know the scripture says that it's a sin to be anxious. I am a little anxious because I see what 14 different housing developments going up in our area, five or 600 houses in each development. And I'm like, how are, we gonna, how are we going to help these people? And you know what? I wasn't designed to carry that weight by myself. And the staff wasn't designed just to carry that weight. We are all family because family matters. And uh, I just want to challenge you. Not to get so comfortable in the way you're thinking that we can't hear from God when he says we need to make a change. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, I'm through, but I need your prayers because we have a great mission ahead of us. It's a great mission. What we do in the future affects people's lives for eternity. Whether it's online, with our beautiful people online, or it's in our own personal community, it's really important to the heart of God. And that's why we're here, is to make willing sacrifices. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for loving us. We do appreciate your word so much. Lord, help us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is our reasonable service, which is our personal act of worship, oh God. As we be your hands and your feet, as we reach out into our community, we pray, oh Lord, you'd help us, Lord, to be faithful. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest sacrifice that he made was for you 
individually. And because he made that sacrifice, you can make a willing sacrifice and say, I'm willing to accept Christ as my personal savior, to make him the Lord of my life because I know that he sowed that seed of love into me and I, I just want to love him back and I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. So if you've never accepted him, the Bible says we've all sinned, we've all come short of the glory of God. But if you've never made that decision to accept him as your personal savior, Jesus said there's only one name given under heaven whereby man must be saved and it's the name of Jesus and we have to accept him. We need to accept him as our personal savior. If you've never done that or maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus. That's why we're here this morning. Slip your hand up high. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Anybody? Thank you. Would you stand with me, please? So I prayed when I come into the green room this morning. I just knelt down there and I prayed. I said, God, just take out anything in me that isn't from you and help me to want everything that you want for me and take away my uh, fleshly will and replace it with your godly will. Are y'all with me today? I mean, we have to, I don't know if you're like me, but I have to, I have to really work at uh, not focusing on what I want and focusing on what God wants. Anybody kind of with me? You're, you're kind of like, man, I think about, yeah. well, and the rest of y'all should have raised your hands probably, but it's okay. So this morning, if, if you're like, I, I, all I want in my life is what God wants for me. And, and I really need to have God's presence and God's word spoken into my life so that he can get from me what he wants. Uh, raise, raise both hands and I wanna pray for you. Lord, we just lift our hands to you and surrender to you, knowing, Lord, that you uh, have the answer to every question, that your, your word is living and powerful. And I pray, oh God, that you would share your word with us as individuals, that the family matters, that you would convict us, Lord, of in areas where we need to be convicted, oh God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak your word into people's lives here this morning in this group, that if, if you're calling them to help in, in children's ministry, if you're calling them to help in different other ministries that happen here at the church, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would have your way in our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our souls. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. amen. God bless you. Listen, we got our prayer team up here. If you need special prayer, we love you. God bless you.